Life presents various issues with a multitude of solutions. Having issues is easy. Getting to the solutions is hard. If you're up for a good challenge, stay tuned and welcome to Qualified Issues. Welcome to Qualified Issues. I am Carissa Galloway. I'm a licensed professional counselor in the state of Texas. And this is episode episode five of season three. Um, this is all about forgiveness, which is a really tough topic for a lot of people. Um, I'll be doing one more episode um, next week that kind of ties this whole season season three about root causes together with the other two seasons um, about change and perception. Uh, We're going to tie all that together. So again, forgiveness, it is a very tough topic for a lot of people. When someone has wronged us or hurt us, we feel angry, sad, and maybe bitterness has taken over. And all of these feelings can make forgiveness near to actually impossible. But what if you knew the benefits of forgiveness? That and more is what we're going to be talking about today. So in true qualified issues fashion, we're going to first define the word forgive. And this comes to us from dictionary.cambridge.org. Forgive is defined as, quote, to stop blaming or being angry with someone for something that person has done or not to punish them for something, unquote. A second definition they give is, quote, to allow someone to not have to pay a debt, unquote. So let's break these really heavy definitions down so we can get a clear view of what we're talking about. So there's two aspects to this, too. There's an internal aspect and an external aspect. So the internal comes through the words to stop blaming and to stop being angry. Um, So when we stop blaming, that can help decrease an external locus of control. If you remember, an external locus of control is where we have little to no accountability for things that we say or do that cause reactions or responses in other people that affect other people. Okay. Um, Holding on to blame can increase external locus of control, which means it can also decrease um, your internal locus of control. Now we're just sticking with the idea of blame. Okay. Um, Holding on to blame allows us the hurt. It allows that hurt to stay with you to the point where you could start being easily triggered by things that you may not have been if you had worked to break the hold that hurt has on you. Holding on to blame can also increase feelings of anger and resentment. And that's the next internal point from these definitions here. Um, To stop being angry is part of forgiveness. And that may, to be angry, to hold on to it, um, that may increase health issues as chronic anger, chronic meaning long, long-term, eventually becomes bitterness. 
So there's a great article um, from mayoclinic.org. It's by the Mayo Clinic staff. There was no date given. It's called Forgiveness, Letting Go of Grudges and Bitterness. They say, quote, the act that hurt or offended you might always be with you, but working on forgiveness can lessen that act's grip on you. It can help free you from the control of the person who harmed you. Sometimes forgiveness might even lead to feelings of understanding, empathy, and compassion for the one who hurt you, unquote. That last part of understanding, empathy, and compassion that's not something that people always get, even when they do forgive, even when they sincerely, genuinely forgive. Um, so they go through, they have a subtitle here, quote, what are the acts of holding a grudge, unquote. So these are all quoted. Uh, number one, uh, bring anger and bitterness into new relationships and experiences. Usually if you're holding on to a grudge or anger or, or even blame sometimes, it can start becoming something your brain ruminates on, which means that it exists there very often, if not all the time. And when that is what your brain is focused on, it's really hard not to bring anger and bitterness into new relationships and experiences. Um, the second thing that can happen uh, from holding a grudge, they say, is um, you might become so wrapped up in the wrong that you can't enjoy the present. Uh, you can become depressed, irritable, or anxious. You can feel at odds with your spiritual beliefs. You can lose valuable and enriching connections with others. And the last one there, you know, losing those connections. One of the reasons that might happen is because when we're holding on to something negative, it tends to affect uh, what we think about, obviously, uh, which can affect how we feel or vice versa. And that can eventually for, uh, affect our perspective and our behavioral choices, even our verbal choices. And when our behavior and, um, and our speech comes out very negative or angry, a lot of people don't want to be around that. So that is why um, it can be very uh, negative to hold on to a grudge. Now, they also list here the benefits of forgiveness, and these are all quoted as well. Um, number one, healthier relationships. Number two, improved mental health. Number three, less anxiety, stress, and hostility. Number four, fewer symptoms of depression. Number five, lower blood pressure. Number six, stronger immune system. Number seven, improved heart health. And number eight, improved self-esteem. So you can actually see where the benefits outweigh the negatives. Um, now, there's also external elements to both of those definitions that we went over earlier. Um, when they talk about something done by another person, this really speaks to control. So do you have control over someone else? No. Do you have control over yourself? Yes. Now, that person wronged you. That person hurt you. Forgiveness does not change those facts. Forgiveness changes the hold that wrong or hurt has over you. Okay, another external part of that definition is, quote, to allow someone not to pay a debt, unquote. Now, this speaks to mercy, not all wrongs or hurts will or should go unpunished. If someone gets drunk and seriously injures you, 
for example, then he or she needs to and should pay for that recklessness. However, some wrongs and hurts may need mercy. Some wrongs and hurts are unintentional, born out of ignorance or lack of experience or lack of learning during childhood. So I'm going to give you an example. When I first moved to Texas, I had a neighbor who actively used the N-word. Now, I'm originally from Washington State, and I literally had never heard anyone use that word before. I'd heard it in rap songs and everything, but I'd never heard anyone use that word before. So I was shocked, and I was mildly offended because I had uh, one of my kiddos was very young at the time, and they were with me. Now, I could have really gotten all up in arms about it, but I realized that this individual may have grown up hearing that word, using that word, maybe just not realizing how other people perceived him when he used it. So I went home. I talked to my kiddo about how that is not a good word to use. And the next day I talked to my neighbor. Now, we started out by just chit-chatting about the weather, so to speak. And then before I left, I lovingly and kindly asked him to please not use that word in front of my children. And guess what? He explained exactly what I thought. He had grown up hearing adults use that word often and used it himself. I mean, basically, he grew up where it was very normal. It was normalized for him. But he was very kind. He apologized. And he even apologized to my child the next time he saw my child. Now, if I had raised hell over this, it's most likely it probably would have sparked defensiveness and even anger in the neighbor. Um, so this example kind of shows how mercy leads to a lot of understanding, empathy, appreciation, and kindness, even within a relationship where it's more of just an acquaintance. So, um, also, you know, how and when you decide to extend mercy, it really shows more about, it's, it says more about us than the other person. Um, um, It speaks to our character and how we want to move forward in our lives. And that's really where you want your control to be is choosing how you move forward in your life. So I found another article. This is on psychologytoday.com by Nancy Collier, who is an LCSW. This is from March of 2015 called What is Forgiveness and How Do You Do It? So she says, quote, We imagine that not forgiving is a form of punishment, a way of forcing the other to continue suffering, a way of being in control of a situation we didn't feel we had control over. At a primal level, we imagine that not forgiving is a way of taking care of our wound, proclaiming that our suffering exists and still and forever matters. Not forgiving, paradoxically, is a way of validating and honoring our own hurt. This is a mouthful. I am going to ask some hard questions here. Who are we to decide the punishment? How does our unforgiveness truly make the other person suffer? How does our unforgiveness allow us to control the situation? How does unforgiveness take, uh, quote, care of our wound, unquote, validate our hurt and honor it? We'll be getting back to those questions in just a second. She also says, quote, our perception is that forgiveness announces that what happened is no longer relevant, significant, or alive, unquote. This highly relates to the saying, forgive and forget. 
I, I don't know anyone who has accomplished forget forgetting whether they have forgiven someone or not. So I want to go back to those really hard questions. Who are we to decide the punishment? That is a very messy question because who decides punishments? Who decides consequences? It really can vary. If you're a parent, then you are responsible and in charge of deciding punishment and consequences for your minor child. Um, now, out in the adult world, we have rules and laws and social norms, and those rules and laws dictate what is considered criminal, therefore what the, the state or the local authorities can decide does deserve a punishment. Now, when we're talking about um, activities that cause pain or hurt that are not considered illegal, this is where you, as the victim, would need to consider um, whether or not you're going to, inside of that choice of whether or not you're going to forgive, where do we need to use empathy? Where do we need to use understanding, compassion, um, maybe even mercy? So a couple things to consider inside of that decision-making process is if you were that person and you had done that wrong, what is it that you would need or hope for? Um, also to look at, you know, where did this person uh, come from? You know, what is their background? Where did they grow up? Is there an ignorance factor there that needs to be considered? There's a lot of things that go into figuring out um, whether or not, um, you know, forgiveness would be beneficial, not just for you, but for them, because some people have never experienced mercy in their lives. They've never experienced somebody forgiving them in their lives, and that can also be a factor to consider. So just a few things to mull over. Now let's move on to the other thing. How does our forgiveness, our unforgiveness, truly make the other person suffer? Now, if you have ever done something wrong, which you're a human, so I assume that you have, because we all have. There's no perfect human in the entire world, okay? Let's just take lying, okay? Have you ever lied to someone before? Most likely, yes. <laughs> Most likely, yes, even if it's a little white lie. Um, have you ever longed for forgiveness after confessing to that person that you've lied? Um, what does it do for you when they don't forgive you? What does it do for you if you forgive someone who has lied to you, where it's not really, there's sort of no harm, no foul, so to speak, you know? When someone forgives us, we kind of feel a little bit of a release. Maybe not a full-on release, right? Depends kind of on our quote-unquote crime. But we feel a little bit of a release, like, okay, my relationship might still be good with this person. I have not burned this bridge with the wrong that I did or the hurt that I caused. Okay, um, and this kind of leads into this other question. How does unforgiveness allow us to control the situation? You know, I'm going to say... It's not the unforgiveness that's going to control the situation. It's the boundaries that you decide to put in place. You know, I've had a lot of clients who've had, um, unfortunately, childhood sexual trauma. And it's not the unforgiveness that puts them in control. If anything, the unforgiveness um, actually allows that situation to live and ruminate in their head longer, along with all the emotional effects, the pain, the anger, um, the hurt, the sadness, all the, the depression, all those things. But it's the boundaries. Um, 
you know, being able to forgive a perpetrator does not mean you have to be in relationship with them in any way, shape or form. But what it does is it breaks the hold that that wrong doing, that that hurtful act can have on your mind. So that is definitely something to consider when thinking about the idea of forgiveness. Um, the last question, how does unforgiveness take, quote, care of our wound, validate our hurt and honor it? By not forgiving somebody again, yes, it can validate that we have been hurt. But how does it care for the wound? If, if unforgiveness causes anger, bitterness, rumination of the act um, often or, or maybe all the time, how is that taking care of our wound? I mean, imagine you scraped your knee. Maybe you fell off a bike as a kid, you scraped your knee. How Taking care of the wound is, um, you know, we have to clean it. We have to maybe put some neosporin on it, right? Antibiotic ointment. We have to put a Band-Aid on it. And we have to leave that Band-Aid on until it's healed. But if we're constantly taking the Band-Aid off to look at the wound, if we're constantly, um, and, and then going back out and allowing uh, our wound to be exposed to potential other negative experiences, well, that wound's never really going to heal. Okay, and and how are we honoring it? Now, I remember as a kid, if I ever scraped my knee, one of the greatest things my dad ever did was to tell us that our wounds actually build character. And he was talking about physical wounds, of course, but you can actually use that as a metaphor. Um, honoring my wound is kind of like um, saying, well, I went through this extremely hurtful or debilitating or challenging thing, but I learned a lot about myself or I grew stronger or um, I actually gained uh, better relationships. That's more how we would honor a wound, honor a hurt. Um, and therapy can also help with validating that hurt. So really unforgiveness really doesn't take care of your wound. It doesn't validate your hurt and it doesn't honor it. So we're going to move on to the next thing the author said again, which is, quote, our perception is that forgiveness announces that what happened is no longer relevant, significant, or alive, unquote. Again, forgiveness does not change the facts. Okay, what happened is relevant. It is significant, and it probably will always be alive, at least in your mind. Again, another great reason to go in for therapy, if it, especially if it's impairing your function. So I want to go back to the idea of forgive and forget. PsychCentral.com uh, has an article by Dr. Kurt Smith with a medical review by Dr. Lori Lawrence in April of 2022 called Why You Should Forgive, But quote-unquote, never forget. Uh, in the article, they cite a 2015 study that states there are two types of forgiveness. The first one is called decisional forgiveness. It's described as, quote, making a conscience decision to let go of hurt feelings such as anger and resentment and putting them in the past and moving forward free of the effects those feelings can bring, unquote. 
to me, this is likened to the verb of love. Love is a choice, as is forgiveness. Forgiving someone is doing something. Therefore, it is a verb. It is something you do, which means it is also something you choose to do. So forgiveness is a choice. The second type of forgiveness is emotional forgiveness, which is, quote, replacing negative emotions toward the person who has wronged you with positive ones such as sympathy, compassion, or empathy, unquote. Now, there is nothing wrong with having sympathy, compassion, or empathy for someone who has hurt you or wronged you. This type of forgiveness um, is said in this article to be more helpful in forgetting versus decisional forgiveness or choosing not to forgive. I would argue that caution should be used with this type of forgiveness as it may end up becoming a type of avoidance. As a therapist, I strongly caution against avoidance as it doesn't resolve anything. There is no true healing that comes with avoiding issues and experiences in life. Now, I do think that these two types of forgiveness, decisional and emotional, actually work together because, first of all, you have to make a choice. So the first step is probably going to be the decisional forgiveness. You're making a conscious decision to let go of those hurt feelings. Now, obviously, you can choose to let go of them. It doesn't mean that they're going to just go away on their own, which is where the second um, step would be like emotional forgiveness, learning to replace those negative emotions with more positive ones. So the article also says, quote, um, it talks about, uh, the, the subtitle is, quote, the mental and physical health benefits of forgiveness. And we did kind of touch on some of these, but I'm just going to run through the four that they have in the article. Number one, and these are all quoted, um, forgiving is critical for our emotional well-being. Uh, the second one is we don't forget, we learn. And I'm going to comment on that. This is an incredibly important point. If you listen to season one's episode of self-awareness, I make the point that all situations and experiences in life are learning opportunities. How would we learn anything if we just avoid or forget about what we have been through? So don't forget that when you're thinking about that, that phrase, forgive and forget. Uh, the third uh, benefit that they give is forgiveness strengthens relationships. And my comment on that is because forgiveness is a choice, an action, then it stands to reason that it too is a learning opportunity. So you're going to learn things about yourself inside of that forgiveness. Um, the person who wronged you, it will probably you'll probably learn something. They'll probably learn something. Um, the people around you who know about the situation, who see you showing compassion, showing mercy, showing you know giving forgiveness, they might learn something too. Uh, their last benefit that they list here is forgiveness has a positive effect on your physical health, and we already talked about that early on in this episode. The last part of this article that I wanted to share that I think is super beneficial is, quote, tips for how to forgive without forgetting, unquote. Number one, and again, this list is all quoted. Number one, identify and articulate the things you'd like to forgive. In therapy, when we have clients work with us to create goals for therapy, so like, what do you want to see come out of therapy, the outcome, right? We talk about uh, basically SMART goals, specific, measurable, achievable, 
uh, relevant and time bound. Now, when we're talking about being articulate, um, identifying and articulate with the things that we want to forgive, the goal of that is to be articulate, specific is probably a better word. Be specific with yourself, be honest with yourself. So let's say that, um, your roommate stole $20 out of your wallet, for example, and they have apologized and you want to, uh, forgive them. Let's say you haven't done maybe a few days to a week has gone by and you haven't done it yet. And then you just start feeling, okay, you know, I, I need to forgive them because every time I see my roommate, all I think about is they took my $20, but you're ready to forgive them. So you need to be honest. I am forgiving that person for stealing $20. And when we forgive, we also want to be specific to the person we're forgiving. I forgive you for stealing the $20. Um, the second one is understand forgiveness. Forgiveness is a process and requires effort and patience. That is very true because we're all human beings. We're all emotional beings. And sometimes we have to work through our own feelings of the wrong, of the hurt, before we're ready to even consider working with forgiveness. Uh, their third point is acknowledge forgiveness. Try to think about what forgiveness will do for you, not for them. Now, I've heard this often. I do not completely disagree with it, but I also don't completely agree with it. Yes, you need to forgive to benefit yourself and avoid all the consequences of unforgiveness. But forgiveness is an opportunity for the other person also to learn about themselves, other people in the world. Maybe no one has ever forgiven them before. This may be new for them. They may have just learned that compassion does in fact exist. So Remember to show some empathy when you're considering forgiveness, when you choose to give forgiveness. Yes, it is about you, but it's also about that other person because forgiveness is um, the choice to forgive happens when you're dealing with another person. So um, sometimes when you're dealing with yourself, but that's a whole other episode that we'd have to go over. So right now we're dealing with two people um, and one has wronged or hurt the other one. The other one's forgiving. So um, the second, uh, let's see here, the second um, or the fourth uh, thing that they, that they talk about here in terms of how to forgive is they say, forget about forgetting. It's not really possible to forget, nor is it necessary. I agree with this 100%. If you have ever read an autobiography from a Holocaust survivor, you'll not only learn about what they went through, but you'll learn about what they learned about themselves, about others, about the world. You'll see how that experience shaped their perspective, beliefs, worldview, etc. Okay. Uh, the second to last tip here is find perspective. Now, this relates to the idea of objective external appraisal. Sometimes we have to work to do this for ourselves, but this generally means you need to quote unquote step back in order to see the situation in its factual entirety. And sometimes when you do that, you may end up seeing that you may have contributed mildly to severely to the whole situation to begin with. Uh, the last tip here is be ready to repeat the process. Um, 
I don't know if anyone else has read this book, but I've read the book The Shack. And one of the things that really stood out to me is the main character has to repeatedly forgive the offender. I just remember he, he just repeated, I forgive you over and over and over. And it was hard for him. And it will be hard for anyone to have to work through the experience that is asking for forgiveness. So just remember that. Um, when you choose to forgive somebody, it's probably not going to be a one and done. It's probably going to be something that you may have to forgive several times, especially if you maintain a relationship with somebody. Not only will you have to forgive that person several times throughout their life, but they will probably have to forgive you too several times throughout their life. Now, all this really comes down to um, is who you want to be. Who do you want to be for yourself? Who do you want to be um, in relation to other people and in relation to the world? These are all, all of this is related to root causes in life because as the articles that I've read have pointed out, we are unable to truly and genuinely move forward until we have worked through to find resolution, healing with the root negative causes in our life. And then we can move forward. And, but to do that, even we still have to be able to forgive, to let go, to um, maybe even pardon somebody in our lives if it was not, you know, if it's something that we feel that it's right for us to do. So remember, there are good, some good character qualities too that we want to maintain. And one of the reasons forgiveness is so important is because if we don't forgive, then we are allowing that other person to control us by living in our head, which causes rumination, which causes negative thinking, negative emotions, negative behaviors, and we end up not being the compassionate, um, empathetic person that we might have been before. So keep that in mind. Um, And I would definitely encourage every listener to do even more research on forgiveness and see what it means for you to forgive, but also see what it means for you to be forgiven. And that will give you an idea of how all of us have to interact inside of a relationship where we are all imperfect people. So this is the end of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, If you have a quick minute, please consider leaving a rating, a review. Feel free to share this podcast with a friend. Um, If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email me at fortheloveoftherapy at gmail.com. That's fortheloveoftherapy at gmail.com. Remember, a podcast is never a substitute for therapy with a licensed mental health professional. I am Carissa Galloway. This has been Qualified Issues, and I hope you'll join me next time.